This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My name is Jamie Devitt, and you're listening to the Blue Army podcast. My name is Maddie Robson. My name is Chris Billet. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd. Hello. My name is Derek Combs. My name's Toby Show Silva. My name's Greg Abbott, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. Enjoy. Hello. Limo. Hey, sounding good, man. Sounding good. <laughs> How are you, Paul? Yeah, very good. Yeah, very, very good. I started my new job this week. Just, just so you know, we're recording like we were last time. We're doing oh, yeah, soft. Yeah, we're doing one of them soft open things, you know. <laughs> but how are you? How Mark, are you? How How's your weekend up? been? All right, mate. Just quiet. Not, not until much. How's the job? It's not too bad. It's not too bad. I mean, um, it's a lot of new jargon, basically, because obviously you know what I used to do. I used to do a bit of chefing and stuff, and that now I've kind of gone into like sort of retail management, basically. Yeah. So there's a, there's a whole lot of words and terminologies that I still I still got I still got a week of training left so I'm not like too stressed that they're not going to all sink in but it's all like you know password this and number combination to find this that and it's not as straightforward as I thought it was going to be anywhere <laughs> yeah no but, I get uh, you. we'll get I there I'll tell, tell you what though, I had a nice uh, I had a nice message of another football team in Carlisle uh, have you been to Carlisle City do you know Guildford Park yeah yeah we played against them in pre-season a couple of years when the first time I was here yeah, well, they're, ask, uh, they're asking us to basically work on some like highlight packages, uh, do a little bit of commentary for them on YouTube for like highlight packages and stuff like that. So, I mean, like if you're bored and you've got nothing else to do on Thursday, I'm going down to training uh, to go and speak to the manager. So if you're bored, you can always come down. <laughs> I'll, let, <laughs> you know, I'll let you know if, if I'm up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, mate, it's uh, it's absolute pleasure to have you back. Uh, I just want to say a big thank you uh, for part one. It's the most downloaded episode in the podcast history. Um, like, thanks a lot. You know, we've obviously got out there to a few new listeners. So, uh, to the new listeners out there, don't forget to like, subscribe, and stick with us for the new season. But Jamie, I just want to say thank you uh, for giving us your time, mate. Uh, anytime, anytime. <laughs> anytime. I'm glad you're saying that. I'm glad you're saying that because uh, I sat down. Uh, this week, obviously, to write down this interview. And I used the last interview as a model for this interview. So I was like, right, well, I had, say, 25 questions last time round, And I think I got to about 19 before we got to the hour mark. And I had to, I, I kind of cut things off there. <laughs> um, so I've done the same thing this time. And I've already got to around your sign-in for Carlisle. I've got a few questions for, like, after that, just in case we get into that territory. But, like, this might be a part three, part four kind of situation, mate. Like, so I'm glad I'm glad you're enjoying it because we might be <laughs> yeah, in for the long Yeah, whichever you want. Not a problem. <laughs> Not a problem. Beautiful. But what's really excited a lot of the listeners is obviously uh, the fact that uh, you're on the show and we've obviously advertised the fact that you caught, you came back on the show so there's going to be some listener questions for you this time round we don't need an icebreaker because we know who you are uh, we know kind of what you're about don't worry though I will let you do your warm-up I know how important a warm-up is to footballers so we've got the <laughs> rapid fire questions uh, yeah. And there's a little bit of news to cover as well this week. Um, obviously, Finn Back signing. Uh, so I'll get your opinion on Finn Back. And obviously, we'll talk about that bid being rejected for Mox as well a little bit. Because, I mean, that's just what Carlisle fans really want to hear about. Um, but before we do all that, mate, 
let me do an introduction for you. <laughs> no problem. No problem. All right, here, here comes the gimmick, lad. Here comes the gimmick. Go on. Oh. Great Marins, how's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is, of course, episode 117. And it is my pleasure to introduce you to the guest today who is the hottest free agent in sport this summer. I'm talking about a man that, after playing for Hull, Morecambe and Blackpool, can make the best sandcastle you've ever seen that's right i'm talking about jamie devitt welcome back mate <laughs> oh it's good to be back mate it's good to be back <laughs> it was that uh, was that just me well, i'm great mate i'm great it was that just me assuming or because you told us last time you can't swim so i assume can't swim. when you go to the gym i uh sorry when you go to the beach i assume <laughs> that it's all about the sandcastles you know what i'm not even a big fan of sand i've had a, <laughs> I've had a sip of the swimming pool I'm doing uh, that way. Uh, can't blame you. I'm not a big fan of all that sand, and I just don't. I don't know what it is. I don't get me wrong. I don't mind going down the beach, but it's not. It wouldn't it's be my first preference. No, no, same, same. I, do you know what bothers me is that I don't know what's underneath that first layer of sand, and that's it's the fear of the unknown for me. It's the, if people get scared of the water for the same reason. What's in the water? I don't know. For me, it's the sand. I'm more scared of the sand than the water. Oh, mate. Well, we were in Egypt, weren't we? And it was when that video was going around of the fella getting eaten by the shark. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't go anywhere. And it was only about 20 minutes where we were as well. So we stayed well away from the, the beach and the, the water. And that, the... <laughs> it's enough so... to put you off for life, isn't it? It's enough oh, yeah. to put you off for life. Um, so, like, obvi- obviously, we had you on last week. Thanks very much for doing that. Um, what I've been given the opportunity to the listeners to do is send in a couple of questions. The one question that used to, that came up a lot this week is sort of like, what, what does, what do free agents do? You know what I mean? Like, so like a lot of people trying to sort of like be like, should he not be on trial somewhere now? Should he, should he not be um, doing something? I, I don't know. I don't know. So I just said, I'll ask you, um, what's the, what's the sort of job as of a free agent? You know, you just wait for the phone to ring. Are you, are you willing to go on trial, but only up to a certain level? Like what's, what's the deal with that? Um, at the minute, I'm still going into Carlisle and doing like my rehab stuff, because um, I'm still not ready to go back into training just yet. Um, so basically, I'm just building my legs up at the minute, trying to get them back to full strength. And um, I think it'll be probably end of August when I'm able to go and train. So at that stage, I'll I'll get in touch with clubs and and see what clubs need what, and and hopefully something comes up. It's just at the minute, I can't really get in touch with clubs and say, oh, I'm going to be four or five weeks until I can train and stuff. It's it's not right, really. So I just need to get as fit as I can and been in the gym every day and just running every day and just trying to get stronger and be the fittest I can be to, to go into the club and try and press. I see. I see. It makes sense. It makes sense. So basically, you have to you have to pass your fitness test before you can go around other clubs and actually start training with them. There's no point in you turning up somewhere if you've still got a bum leg. Um, but that was the other question. You've already covered it. Everyone wanted to know how your recovery is getting on this week kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, you should send us a voice note every week so I can keep putting it on the podcast because there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of concern for you, mate. There's a lot of love for you. There really is. There's a lot no, of love I for you. I appreciate that. On, really on the do. podcast, that oh, man, yeah, you deserve it. You absolutely deserve it. And uh, we've got a couple of questions from from listeners. Um, please, please don't have a go at us if we didn't get to your question. Um, like I did mention in the sort of like pre-open ramble, I'm going to try and get Jamie back on the podcast, and I'm going to save a couple of these questions for that as well, because otherwise we could literally be here all day just doing listeners' questions, and we wouldn't get any further progress doing. And we need we need the redemption arc, you know. We need to get through <laughs> that story as well. <laughs> Um, no problem. Like, please, please don't have a go at us. Uh, but before we jump into those questions, Jamie, it's time for you to do your warm up. Um, you know, I, uh, you enjoyed it last time. It was all right, wasn't it? I thought it was pretty good. I did. I loved it. The first yeah, time I ever thought... doing a podcast. I think I went a bit too deep, like, but I, no. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, like, have you listened to it back? Have you done that? I won't. Li- I don't like it's listening weird. to my own voice. No, I don't yeah, like listening I... to my own voice. So even if I do an interview or something like that, I'll never, ever listen to it. <laughs> you so, see the thumbnail of your face on YouTube and you just I avoid just it. I just don't like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I just don't. My little, um, my little boy will watch some things on it and I'll get all cringy and just have to turn it off and stuff. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like the noise of my own voice. 
But you obviously enjoyed doing your first year of media. And obviously we've seen you around the last season having fun with Callum Guy, like pretending to be his arms and stuff like that behind him, or he was doing the same thing for you. Like a little bit of hijinks. We can hear you behind the camera as well. Uh, maybe doing your own version of an interview with, with Morgs and stuff like that. So, I mean, do you, is it just an opportunity for you to, to relax? Like you don't think of it as seriously, this is my brand, I'm Jamie Devitt and I have to come across like this. Do you just let yourself go for these kind of things? Absolutely not. You just, mate. It's just me, really. I just, as you know, when we're up having food or whatever, I just like, I'm a bit loud. I like having a laugh and listen. I don't even. I don't know. Just certain things come out, probably stupid or whatever, and you probably think what was I saying there, but I don't. Just happens, doesn't it? That's that's life. Like the media stuff, I never look back or listen to anything that I've done. Probably because I regret things that I've said, but it's just. <laughs> Basically, that's just me. I just like having a laugh. Last year, I loved having a laugh. All the lads was brilliant. Andy and Amy are brilliant on the media side as well, and they love all that interaction with the lads. So we all enjoy it. It's all a bit of fun, isn't it? Interacting with the fans. That's, I mean, like, also it, take, it takes experienced characters like yourself at that point to get the younger characters used to doing a little bit because, you know, we've, we've all seen Corridor Cam and we all know who's a bit camera shy <laughs> and we all know who's willing just to dive in and put your arm around someone else and force them to answer the question, basically. Uh, so, I mean, like, hats off to the media team over there. They were obviously trying to come up with, like, um, unique bits of content for the YouTube and stuff like that. And it's not an easy thing to do because no, there's 90-odd there's teams in the football pyramid, so everything's been done before. So you're always going to be compared to somebody else's effort, um, I think, anyway. But it, it's it's cool that you enjoy it, mate. It really is. It's cool that you enjoy it. So uh, we'll dive in because it's like you've almost had a warm-up already. So we'll dive into your warm-up. Some rapid-fire <laughs> no questions. I've got 10 for you on the list. Off we go. Go on. Nike or Adidas? Oh, I only wear Adidas boots, but right. I wear Nike, Nike clothes. So a bit Where's of both, really. Where's that? I don't know. Sponsor? No, no. I've just always been Adidas. Always. Um, I just find them more comfortable. Preds. I'm not. I don't get me wrong. I'm not fast, am I? So I can't wear the nice fast <laughs> boots all the time. So it's more comfort for me. It's more comfort. <laughs> so do you have a pair of Adidas Preds, the old uh, black and reds? Uh, yeah, I've got all the. Yeah, I'm quite. I quite like me Adidas Preds. So I've got yeah. all the remakes and stuff like that. So I quite like them. Yeah. Yeah, I was a Pred guy. I was a Pred guy. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Yes, Coke Zero is the bull. best drink that there is. That's a bull claim, that mate. That's a bull claim. That like you don't you don't see many people buying it. You see it going out of date a lot. I have to throw it in the bin a lot. Oh, around I the bars that I've worked in. If I, I knew know. you liked it, I would have saved you a couple of crates. Well, I think that there's a lot of us that liked it. Yeah. Cause after, because usually after a game, if we got whatever field we got after, got how nice with a Coke Zero. Decent. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, all we see is you're picking up them Lucasade bottles, but there might be Coke Zero in there for all we know. You never know. <laughs> <I> know <laughs> There's yeah. a reason why they're all labelled. I bet you get your own beverage choices. Um, Oasis or Arctic Monkeys? Oasis. Yeah, okay. I do, okay. Like, I do uh, like Arctic. I do like the both of them, but Oasis has to be just... More iconic? Just, yeah. It is. It is. It's more iconic. Uh, movies or TV series? TV series. Yeah, are you watching anything now? Um, what have we just finished? No, we're on Hijack at the minute. All right, Hijack. It's something that's on Apple Apple TV at the minute. It's Idris Elba. So we're on that at the minute, but we just don't like watching something and having to wait a week. I like when it all's out and I can just bang it all out. That's what Netflix is great for. Like, yeah, they just get the whole series <laughs> up at once rather than making you wait like one week at a time. Like, it's awesome. It really is. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. Don't drink coffee. tea. Yeah, coffee. I thought I knew the answer to that question, but it was on the <laughs> list. It was on the list. Would you rather be bitten by a zombie or bitten by a vampire? A zombie? You won't have no teeth, will he? <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, because the thing with both of them is that you turn into a zombie or you turn into a vampire if you get bitten off both. So to me, I think you'd be have a better life as a vampire because zombies yeah, are probably. a bit more... I don't know. I don't know. But then it depends what kind of zombie it is. Resident Evil One. Anyway, <laughs> we won't go around there. Um, robots or dinosaurs? Robots. Robots. Yeah, way cooler. Um, sauce on the side or sauce all over? Oh, on the side. On the side. Yeah. It depends what I'm having. Yeah. 
Probably just if depends. You, if, you have, if you have nachos, you're all right with everything on the top, though. You're not the sort all of person over. that's like, everything no. on the side. I hate all them over. people. And the nachos Apart. come out looking anemic. <laughs> Apart from the don't don't put any onions on them. Well, yeah, I know yeah. that. <laughs> you don't put any onions on anything, you. No. <laughs> uh, Forrest Gump or Titanic? Titanic. Titanic? Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, clean as you go or clean at the end? Oh, with the kids now, it's clean as the, at the end. Yeah. So let them make a mess and then just clean it all when they go to bed and just have everything clean. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just going to keep on cleaning, aren't you? <laughs> it sounds about right, mate. It sounds about right. Well, we got through the warm-up. That was good fun again. It's great no times, problem. man. Great times. We're going to dive into some listeners' questions. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll kick things off. Um, like I mentioned earlier, if we don't get to your question, don't worry. We might use it on a later episode. Uh, we're going to kick things off with Aidan M, who wanted to know, what is your most memorable goal? I mean, I assume he means for Carlisle United. Probably the first one, Colchester away. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some frustrating times before hitting the post. and the, I don't know how many times I hit the woodwork. I think Andy and Amy done something on how many times I hit it. But just to get off the mark that time down away at Colchester um, was just a relief, basically. And I just kicked on from there. So I'll yeah. have to say that first one, just for that. Lewis Wood would like to know, who were your favourite teammates of last season? Oof. The, the listeners' all, questions I... have a reputation of being a bit, you know, divisive. They put you on the spot yeah. a bit, the listeners' questions. Know what? Last year, I've never had a dressing room as close as we did. I'm sure people seen us around Carlo because on the Friday, honestly, we'd finish training and there'd be probably ten to fifteen of us sat in Costa or in a coffee shop in Carlo, just spending a few hours together. That's, I think, that brought us a long way last year. And I don't want to single anyone out. Apart, I'll I'll single out my car school and because we shared we shared a car every day and we shared a. We shared a bedroom every night as well in Carlisle because there was four of us in a be- in a one room in Carlisle, not what? in one bed, not in one oh, bed, yeah. in a one bedroom. And we have honestly, we had some really good times, which was me, Corey, Joel, Denno, and then when Barks was was there as well, there was Barks. So we have honestly, we had some funny, funny times. But I couldn't single anyone out because honestly. People would have seen us around Carlisle all the time because yeah. we were just I mean, always together. Yeah, I mean, I, I I felt it from working at the club last season. Like nobody really um, dug anyone out necessarily. Obviously, it was my first January there, and some of the new lads when they first arrived in January, I think that first day there was a little bit of tension. But I feel I don't know. That's probably normal. There's a little bit of like yeah. he's after my position, or he nutmeg me today, made me look like an idiot. <laughs> blah blah blah. There's a little bit of that going on. But you know, two weeks later, it was all pretty much you know all all gone kind of thing. And I won't, I won't name names. Not on this podcast anyway. Maybe in the future we'll we'll throw some people under the bus when you've when you've actually stopped playing. <laughs> but for now. <laughs> you might have to see these people and work with these people again so we're not going to throw anyone under the bus this time um, no, I think but like when when people join a club everyone's nervous at the start because as you say people are coming into your position and other people are coming in trying to impress and you don't know these people straight away so sometimes there is a little thing but I remember the, the new lads coming in and they'd be coming for a coffee with us as well and Everyone was honestly so close last year. I can't honestly stress it enough how how tight the group was, and that I reckon that's what seen us over the line, really. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's why Simo's like tried to glue together a lot of the team from last season. A lot of the loan signings from last season are at the top of his list to sort of bring back this year. He's definitely got some idea of some kind of core or something, which is yeah. a rollover from what happened from the good times and the good good atmosphere in the changing room of last season. Um, carpooling, I think that's a new concept for a lot of uh, football fans. I think, like uh, you know, it's it's a little bit behind closed doors. Um, the idea from many football fans is that, you know, the team get on a team bus and they all go to the game together and you might have the cool, the cooler, more experienced players that sit at the back of the bus and then there might be like a card club or something in the middle and there'll be all the, what do you call them, parches and brown noses that sit closer to the to the coaches and stuff at the front of the bus. But like... Is this is this an every club thing now, carpooling? And, and like and, and and like how does the conversation sort of happen to sort of break out of the bus and be like, can us five just get our own car? Is that okay? No, no, no. Everyone goes on the bus. Uh-huh. You have to you have to go on the bus to to the games and 
stuff like that. The carpooling is just because we live down in Manchester and we all live quite close. We all meet at one place to drive to Carlisle. It's um when we're going to an away game, we're all on the bus together. Ah. It's, a, it's a big thing for for us all to be together. And as you say, we did be playing cards or we had a game last year that I think Morgs was the one that brought it in. It was called Wolf. It's so hard to explain, but it was so funny. We had some <laughs> honestly, the laugh we had on the bus was was brilliant. Um yeah. So no, everyone goes if there's a game, you all, everybody goes together on the bus. There's no one that drives to the to the game. Oh, okay. That was probably just me getting confused then in that case. But I'm glad I am glad I've I've asked I've asked the question for myself. Yeah, anyway. no problem. <laughs> uh, no Dale problem. H wants to know, uh, what was your favourite Carlisle shirt to wear? Um What did you have? You had like the black Edinburgh wooden mill kit at one point. You would have had, yeah, that, had that one. black one. The one that's behind you is a Thomas uh, Cannon. To- you would have had that last Thomas season Graham as well, the a- Thomas Graham one. That's a nice one. Um, I don't know. I'd probably say the one where I was number 10. Aye. On my tour, just because it's my favourite number, basically. Um. Yes, what happened so with that? Say, like, how how did you get the number ten? Like, how, what happened with that? Because obviously, you, you, it was just one season, wasn't it? You had a two year contract, and you got it on. You got the number ten on your second season. Like, what was that conversation about? What, how did that happen? I think I got it on my tour. I think oh. I was seven, seventeen when I first signed. Hmm. Then 11, eleven, and then ten. Um, I don't know. Really, is, is, it, just, is it you that starts the conversation, or is it Keith Curl that starts the conversation? You're my number it could ten. Could be a bit of both. It could be a bit of both. Yeah. Um, you could you could just ask everybody what what squad number is the preference. You sort of everybody writes down what they want, and then the manager will decide on that. Basically, everyone's um, a bit different. Yeah, it's all down to the. Some people will have meaningful numbers for the kids, or, or for different reasons. If a family member passed away on a date, or I've heard loads of reasons really. So it's all personal preference, basically. But it will be down to the manager to to make the final decision. Was ten your favourite number? Yeah, I've always I don't know what it is when I was a growing up as eight, nine, ten. I think I was ten all all the time. So I've always tried being ten anywhere I've gone, but obviously it feels it's a right. it's a main number basically. So most people have it when you go into a club, so you have to be patient to get it. <laughs> it's an in demand number, absolutely. It's definitely an in demand number. Uh Paul G wants to know, um, because you're such a fan of breakfast cereals and you mentioned Weetabix, cornflakes, and Rice Krispies, uh, Rice Krispies on the last podcast uh, the last podcast. He'd like you to rank from one to three uh Weetabix, cornflakes, and rice krispies. Which one's coming in third? Whoa. Controversial this. <laughs> You're more bothered about this than you are about telling people who your favourites are. <laughs> but I like to tree them together. No, ultimate yes. cereal bowl. <laughs> so How many? Two... What's your ratio? One wheat a bit. Just one no, wheat a bit, surely. Two, two still. Two wheat a No. Two wheat a Some rice krispies because they go in between all the wheat a bit. <laughs> and then I crunch some cornflakes on top. And then you I... crunch them. <laughs> So you get more, don't you? And then some hot milk. I like hot milk on the cereal. <laughs> but it depends on if it's a cold morning or what. Um, but if I had to rank the tree in order, I'd go Rice Krispies, Weetabix, Cornflakes. But Cornflakes first? No, Rice Krispies first. Uh, Rice Krispies, number one. Weetabix, number two. Cornflakes, number three. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're going to have to make this cereal, mate, and sell it outside <laughs> Brooklyn Park. We're going uh, yeah. to have to do a bit of that. Raise some money for charity. We're just going to make some of this cereal, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, David B wants to know uh, what was your favourite thing about growing up in the 90s um, no social media I'd say yeah, yeah don't get me wrong I love I, I do use social media and I do enjoy social media but I just think it's it's not great is it some it, it's very negative and I think it has a, more negative than positive but there is don't get there is loads of positives with it but I just quite liked, I don't know, just not having to use the internet for everything and just, I don't know how to explain it really. It's just, I don't know, how, how would you explain it? Just not having, 
it's like this, being be, always having to be available, isn't it? Like you're all there's always somebody that can message you. There's never a, a full moment that you can just like actually relax and your phone won't go off and there won't be a notification or there won't be another message that comes through. And don't, you know, I, I, social media has been brilliant. Like the likes of podcasts, and the likes of videos and stuff like that, and obviously the interaction with fans, stuff like that. But kids nowadays are just sat on the phones or the iPads. Ah, okay. They don't be out on the streets and. I think we're going to see a decline in street footballers, basically. Not the ones that are just out playing all the time and stuff like that. So I miss seeing all the kids out on the street just yeah. whack, whacking me windows. <laughs> I miss <laughs> knowing you were younger and you're finding gold, using people's gates as gold and oh, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Just all stuff like that, basically. You don't see it anymore. No, so you do see a lot of um, like everyone. Everyone's got um, one-on-one training schools these days. There's loads of like yeah. one-on-one football training schools and stuff these days. I I don't know. That's like that's the kind of like the replacement almost. It's like it's yeah, like they've just right, organized yeah. it and monetized it a little bit, and it's like kids can't can't hang around on streets anymore in groups larger than five or six without being moved along, regardless of if they're not doing anything wrong or not. No, exactly. It's, it's it's just like it's not it's not necessarily that generation's fault that they're not you know they're just being told they can't do things that we were able to do. I, I think, think because anyway. they're probably it's probably just a perception of or oh, they're causing trouble or, or anything like that. But it's more more times than not they're not causing any trouble. It's just it's perception. Perception's a big thing. Massively, it's it's the socialness of mixing the different age groups as well. That's really important. I mean, you'll know yourself as a footballer in Dublin when you're playing against seventeen-year-olds and you're fifteen. Like, it's a great challenge for you. You need you need that step up in class because if you keep playing against fifteen-year-olds or people that are still in your same age group, you won't get that challenge. You won't make that development, and so you won't get you know to 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 your full potential that you could possibly get to. No, so, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. I, I understand that. I'd I'd like to go back to the nineties just just because for these social street football moments. Yeah, that that, that yeah. was my childhood. Like running around playing knock and gnash and red alert and <laughs> all those all those kind of games, mate. Like that that was the way forward. Um, to be fair, I still get to know if we go. Um, still do with the kids sometimes. I know that's probably not a good thing, basically. But no, if we're in a hotel or something like that, and we're walking down the corridor and with Mason or whatever, I give a little knock on a certain door and just run. He does it, and then he just. <laughs> He belts it as well. So just sort Has of he done that. it to you yet? Has he done it back yeah, to you yet? He's, he... done it, he's done it to me, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. So just little That's things great, like that. that, isn't it? Just sort of telling them all about your childhood and what you used to do. And it's like, what? You've done that before? And it's it's just different life now. But yeah, it has got its, don't get me wrong, it has got its benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like knock, knock and Nash was the harmless version of like sending someone an anonymous angry message on social media. You know, it was just sort of like a bit of fun. And now exactly, it's like yeah. now it's all seedy and horrible the way this generation do it. Anyway, um, <laughs> Phil H wants to know: Were you there when Dean Windass scored at Wembley? And do you have any Dean Windass stories you'd like to share? Um, I was there. Um, that was sort of the moment where I thought to dream to play at Wembley, basically. Um, ever since that day, I'll never forget it. Um, just wanted to to play at Wembley, but that was, I think I was only, I think I was sixteen at the time, seventeen, and Hull flew my mum and dad over to go and watch the game. Um, and like brought all the youth team and stuff, so we were all in the stand behind the goal, not the goal that Dean scored in the other one. Um, mm. but the atmosphere that day was oof, was unbelievable. Honestly, unbelievable. Um, Dino, obviously, I went to Darlington with Dino. He was the assistant manager when I went to Darlington. Um, I've loads of stories about Dino, loads. Um, <laughs> not loads that I can share, really, but just he was a top fella. He always helped the younger lads out, and I've not got a bad word to say about him. He was always brilliant with, with all of us young lads and always gave us, a, gave us his time and stuff like that, so... Only good things. He's just one of those characters that, like, he just is beyond football, like the Akin Fenwa type, that kind of thing. It's like, there's no reason why he should be as famous as what he is. And the reason he is as famous as what he is is just because he's a, he's, a, he's a top bloke, you know what I mean? Like, people can relate to him, basically. So that's, that's just a normal you know, fella, yeah. Yeah, it goes beyond football. You can see it in the way that he plays football. 
but it goes beyond football, that kind of characteristics. Uh, Phil Phil H asked the second question. Um, is Jimmy Bullard as annoying on TV as he is in real life? No. He's probably <laughs> one of the... Honestly, he's the funniest person. Sorry. He's one of the funniest people I've ever, ever met, honestly. Yeah. I've, I've got the start... I'll tell all the stories when I finish playing football. I can't tell them now. Um, <laughs> but honestly, he was the f- honestly the funniest person I've ever met. Yeah. Non-stop, non-stop. I've he never minded him. He doing just... something. Yeah, that's all. I've never minded him. It just seems like he's got loads of energy. That's all. Oh, no, I love him. Honestly, always, always wanting to do something. And because we were both living on our own in Hull, I was only young, but he had... His family didn't move up from London, so there was only the two of us that were basically on our own. So we were always together doing something, and just honestly, you'd be, you belly would be sore from laughing all day because he always, he couldn't sit still. So I'd be always doing something. <laughs> uh, I got the final question for you, mate, from the listeners uh, for this episode. Ryan H wants to know. Uh, well, he's basically said, "You're my favorite footballer, but who's your favorite footballer?" Um. Oh, thanks very much, Ryan. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've always loved, I've always loved David Beckham when I was growing up. For some reason, I think that's probably why I wear the Preds. Just for the way he struck a ball was unbelievable. Yeah, um, I didn't really have. Knowing you love people, say they swear to be certain people growing up. I've never, I never had that really. Um, I just enjoyed watching football and different people playing football and stuff, but I never had an idol or, or something like that. I think that's kind of like, it, it, you can see that in your career because like you never you never really gravitated towards like one position on the pitch. So you, you weren't obviously trying to chase someone else's mould. You weren't yeah, trying yeah. to be a carbon copy of Giggs or Beckham or whoever, whoever you would have been watching at the time. You were very much, you know, just willing to help where you could help and just apply your skills in any way you could basically um that was something i found really interesting going through your career while i was setting up these questions is that every single time when you sign for a new team the one statement every single manager had about you was he can play in all kinds of positions he'll be really useful for us <laughs> <laughs> that help, like... helps sometimes doesn't it hopefully they take that now in the next four or five weeks yeah exactly <laughs> oh, you could be playing right back <laughs> oh, i don't know about that <laughs> Keep me up high, high up the pitch as possible, please. Well, that's it. That's it. I mean, talking about right backs, though, we'll move away from the listeners' questions and we'll 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 cover a little bit of news. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's been happening at Carlisle United this week as well. Um, yeah. Talking about right backs. Finn Back is back in Carlisle uh, for a season-long loan, and obviously you worked with Finn last season. Um, is he that good that you know that like he, he's just going to walk into that number two shirt? Is he as good as what Paul Simpson says? And um, I mean, do you think he's going to find a step up to League One football uh, easy, or um, do you think there's going to be a little bit of like tried and tested at first? Um, I think what everybody it's it's the unknown, really, isn't it? So. Hmm. Uh, personally, he's got every attribute to go and to go and do what he did last season and smash it and and be brilliant. So it's a brilliant sign of a Carlisle. I think they've been trying to do it for the last few weeks, but I think he's been away with Forrest and 
they've had internationals and stuff, but it won't hurt them staying at Forest and, and doing their pre-season either. So it's it's I think it's a brilliant signing and you you're never gonna be just walking to the team. So he does have to earn his place because you've got some competition where I think Barks can play there and, and Jack Ellis can play there. So I think the gaffer has some really, really good competition for at the back. I think I think that back line's pretty much solidified now, isn't it? Like after after that last sign and Finn back coming in, we were looking for that sort of extra person, extra strong person to cover that right back position. Robinson Armour at left back. And there's about six centre backs on the book at the moment. Um, and you know this is what Simo said he wanted to do is build build a nice big squad, but his squad might not be as big as he wants it to be. Uh, last night. Carlisle United rejected a bid from Blackpool for Owen Moxon. It was rumoured to be around of a quarter of a million money up front um, and Carlisle rejected it. That makes sense. I mean, it, was, it, it would be stupid to accept the first bid. Um, I mean, do, how important do you think Owen Moxon is to Carlisle United's survival or success next season? And I mean... Who do you think would be able to sort of like step up and fill those boots if if Mox had to sort of move on? Um, listen, Mox is going to get he's going to get loads of interest after the season he's had. He was, I don't think anybody expected him to do what he did last season. He was, he was unbelievable. I think he nearly played every single game, which is unheard of. Basically, if you come from part time football, so to do what he's done, he's going to have. He's not only going to have one offer in either I don't think I think he's going to have many clubs are going to see what I do, well what was reported last night that there was an offer and I think there'll be a lot more offers so it'll be it'll be tough for Carlisle to keep him I think anyway but listen if if a championship team comes in for Mox and pays the money that Carlisle want is it a good thing for everybody basically Carlisle fans aren't going to want Mox to move but I don't think they'd be. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't think they'd begrudge them stepping up to the championship and and trying to trying to progress that way because of where he was last season. He was part time, and in twelve months, if you have championship clubs after you, you've you've done you've done something right. So if Carlisle can get a big fee for him and and it can be good for both sides, then so be it. But it will be a massive. Massive loss if he was to, if he was to leave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he he took over like set pieces. Uh, he was a massive part of last season. Obviously, he picked up the awards that he picked up. There was always going to be interest. I think the only thing that's going to upset Carlisle fans if he if he makes a sideways move, that's the only thing that'll upset Carlisle fans. Like if he did go to Blackpool, that would upset a number of Carlisle fans. Um, but like you said, nobody would ever begrudge him the opportunity to step up. I don't think, and and, and it's not like you know. The club hasn't let him down in the past before. Like the club let him go years ago when he was a teenager. So it's it's not like he's got that sort of like um he doesn't owe the club anything necessarily. Do you know what I mean? Like he... I, I think Mock Mox is a Carlisle fan, which I think everybody knows. So he loves mm-hmm. Carlisle. He does love Carlisle. So I think even for Mox it'll have to be a something special from to want to want to move from Carlisle as well. Um listen, it's a tough one. It's, I I I can't say too much because I'm still at Carlisle at the minute and I'm still doing some stuff for Carlisle at the minute. So it's hard for me to to say much apart from it's gonna have to be a a very good offer for Carlisle to to sort of let him go. But I do see many more clubs coming in from now that have been one bit anyway. I think that's. It. I think I, th- I think that's the first of many. I'll I'll leave it there so you don't have, you don't have to say anything else uh, that no you might problem, get in trouble no for or anything like that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's 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 going to be the first of many. And if he does go, it'll be right up until the wire, like right up until the wire of transfer deadline day, because we're going to try and milk so, it yeah. for for everything as well, um, which rightly so they should be. Uh, right, mate, we'll 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 move on and uh, we'll pick things up where basically we left things last time uh, on the podcast in part one. Uh, if you missed part one, go back and listen to it. But we're going to pick things off here in part two. Um, where we left things was you were 23 years old. 
Uh, it's 2013-ish, something around there. You've just been released by Hull City. You knew that was coming. Uh, you've just been at Grimsby at the lowest level of football that you've played so far in your career. You had a disappointing trip to Wembley, which is very frustrating. But we did leave things on a bit of an uplift because your little boy Mason's on the way. So you started to turn things around a little bit when it came to the old being out and going out and enjoying yourself. So we'll, 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 before we dive onto the pitch antics, let's talk about the the off-the-pitch side of when did your missus tell you that she's pregnant? Were you still on loan somewhere? And like, how did you react? Were you, were you, were you, were you really nervous? Were you crapping yourself? Were you, you know, like when, when did it all come around with the release from Hull and, 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 the, and the pregnancy? Funny, really. I was on a night out in Leeds, and um, we, I think we played. I can't remember where we could have played over that way anyway. Well, I can't remember at the time. Um, and I literally got a picture of a pregnancy test through, <laughs> and I was pregnant. And I, my first message back was, "You got that off the internet or something like that." <laughs> you, I, didn't, I didn't. You called her on it. <laughs> I didn't believe it at the start. Um, were you married no. or anything? Were you married no. or anything? Right, okay. We were engaged. Okay. We were engaged at the time. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, that was how that happened, and I was like, then we went. I went back the next day, and that was that. Really, it was just time to grow up, and <laughs> and um, don't think I've looked back really. Um. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'll never ever forget the time. The picture we still laugh about it to this day when she says about when we talk about how she told me and that. And you um, called her a liar. <laughs> not a liar, just one of them where I wasn't sure. But, um, yeah, uh, that was that. Yeah, so it's just time to grow up and and stop being an idiot, basically. Yeah, I mean, like, so, you know, like we said, you've been released by uh, Hull, you're 23 years of age, you're looking for a new club. And, um, I mean, from the little bit of, like, investigation that I've done, it, it looks like you actually left it quite late to sign for Chesterfield, and you only ended up signing, uh, like, a short-term deal as well. Was this kind of, like, did did you go on trial other places and it didn't work out successfully, and, you, and at the end of the summer you just kind of had to grab hold of the opportunity that you were given at Chesterfield? Um, not really, I... I had Paul Cook when I went on loan to Accrington. Yeah. And I did all right. And then he, went, he was obviously the manager at Chesterfield. And I got asked to go in and basically just prove that I'm growing up, basically. Um, so I've done a full <laughs> full pre-season. So at this point, and... sorry, at, at this point, your reputation's starting to get ahead of you. 23 yeah, years old, your reputation's out the bag. Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, so I went in and I'd done, I'd done quite well in the pre-season. Scored a couple of goals in in preseason and and that's how he 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 knew I could play football. It was just basically showing him I'd grown up. So mm. signed signed there for a year. Um, we had some that that was an unbelievable team that was there. Some of the the players that were playing at that time was was unbelievable and we were doing really really well there. Um, I think we were top top of the league for most of it. I wasn't getting loads of game time, so it came to a time where he he called me in the office and was just like, "I've had a phone call from Jim Bentley at Morecambe. Um, they want to take you, but we don't really want you to go mm. because I was basically just he was saying I was pushing squad members and stuff to do well and and just he liked me being around the place. So I, I sort of just said it for my own sake. I, I need to go and. And try play some games and and go back playing again. So, listen, he was brilliant, Paul Cook, and I was delighted he, he let me go in the end because I fully enjoyed going on loan to Morecambe at that time. No, right, because like the way the way that I like looked into it a little bit is obviously you signed you signed the contract um just just until like j- the end of January, and then yeah. in January you signed so you signed a contract. I've got the dates written down here. Uh, you signed a contract extension on the sixteenth of January two thousand and fourteen, and then you left yeah. on loan on the twenty second of January two thousand and fourteen. And obviously, I just wanted to know what happened in that week. <laughs> you know, no, he basically but... he basically just wanted me there till the end of the season. Um. But and then it all changed after a phone call. No, but he knew I was going to go on loan anyway. All right, okay. So it was one of them that he wanted me there in case anything happened to any of the squad. 
So he could call you back from the loan yeah. still. Right. So okay. at, at that time you could do I think you could do month loans back then. Yeah, yeah. So I think I, I think I only signed for a month and then yeah. extended it. And then kept extending it basically till the end of the season. And then I think I went back with about four games to go, maybe to Chesterfield and and was on the bench then for the running and and stuff like that. But I think when I went to Morecambe, we were playing teams around Chesterfield and we were taking points off them, which was helping helping Chesterfield, basically. So it was good that I could help Chesterfield and I was doing quite well at Morecambe at the time. So it was it was good for both, really. Now, the Chesterfield changing room is one of the most diverse changing rooms I've seen on a Wikipedia squad page. Uh, you've got yourself and a number of other Irish lads like uh, Ewan Doyle, um, Owen, Doyle, also... Owen Doyle, yeah. Owen Doyle, is that how you're saying it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you've also got Zimbabwe international Tendai Dakiwas. Tendai Dariqua. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamaican international Nathan Smith. I don't need your help on that one. Smudge, and um, yeah. I might need your help on this one. Sam Morsey. Uh, who played for Egypt as well. So there's like three different internationals in the squad, loads of Irish. Liam Cooper, who went on to go and play for Scotland as well, uh, was a part of that Chesterfield squad. Well, I mean, what was that dressing room like? What do you remember? Uh, what are your memories of that Chesterfield dressing room? Because it seems like a really, you know, melting pot of cultures. Um, It was brilliant, to be fair. We had a really good group there as well. There was, we always had a couple of Irish. There was me, Jay O'Shea and, and Doyler. And Jimmy Ryan was Irish as well. So we had that. Then we, we, we had really a close group because you got a couple of scousers there as well. We had Gary Roberts and and Jimmy was a scouser, but he played for Ireland on the younger ages. But honestly, that was a tight-knit group as well. And that's, I think having that tight-knit group can, it can get you so many points throughout the season. And I think that's what it was. Basically, that, that's, that was full of talent. That team mm-hmm. was full. You've obviously got Liam that's gone on to play for Leeds now he's captain in Leeds you've got J.O. that's over in Australia playing Owen had an unbelievable career you've got Ian Ever, Gary Roberts Mark Richards I'm, sorry, I'm probably forget Tendai Tendai's played high up the, the squad was unbelievable really unbelievable probably the best squad that was in League 2 at that stage yeah. for many for many years and the football they played and I just couldn't get into the team because of how well they were doing. <laughs> I mean, like, I've seen I've seen like interviews that Cookie did, and he he said to you when he when he gave you that contract extension that you hadn't had the opportunities he wished that you had, which is a really nice thing for a manager to say because he's obviously like saying you've got great quality. I want you around. It's just that it's team chemistry, team cohesion. No one's getting injured. No one's getting suspended. So your opportunities just aren't coming up. There's no, there's no, you're not doing anything wrong in training. You're not, you're not going out on the last like you were two years ago. It's just the opportunities just weren't coming up for you. So like you said, you did go and sign for Morecambe month after month after month. You extended your loan. And at the end of that season though, uh, Chesterfield, what happened? Did did you get a contract extension off Chesterfield? Were you, were you released by Chesterfield? Did you choose Morecambe over Chesterfield? What happened there? No, basically got promoted at Chesterfield and there were obviously I didn't play in League Two, so I wasn't gonna play in League One. Mm. So it was just basically going to I, I loved it at Morecambe for that six months. Jim Bentley was unbelievable. Probably one of the best managers I've had. Um and I honestly just loved football again. So it was a no brainer that I was gonna gonna go to Morecambe really. Yeah, I mean it's 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 another seaside town for you, uh, Morecambe. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you think that that has anything to do with how quickly you hit the ground running at Morecambe? Did it feel like Hull? Did you you know? Can you feel the the air from the sea? Does it does it feel a bit more like home and you settled easier? Because I mean, nearly a hundred games, double figures in goals. You you really hit the ground running and found your stride at Morecambe. I think that was it's all down to Jim Bentley. Basically, he just gives you that belief and. That you just go and enjoy yourself and play basically, and it made and the characters we had in the dressing room, we had. Everybody knows that Markham isn't blessed with financial stuff, so there wasn't mm-hmm. anybody on, on any good money. It was just basically a really really good dressing room with really good staff, and we were all really really close, and I just, I just fell in love with football again basically. <laughs> Did you meet Tyson Fury when you were in Markham? <laughs> seen him out running a few times but never never met him uh, yeah. um, but that Surreal, club was it? just yeah 
that club's basically it, it, it's like Carlo. It's just a family club. Yeah, it's just, it's just um, you know last season or the season before, twelve months prior, when you signed for Chesterfield, it was a little bit like later on in 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 the transfer window. So this time round, you literally signed on the dotted line like in May. So like, what what kind of relief was that for you for your family to have a two year deal tucked under your belt? Go and enjoy the summer. Yeah, because basically when I went to Chesterfield, I was earning good money at Hull. When I went to Chesterfield, I was hardly earning anything. Mm. I'd gone from one extreme to the other, and I think that's what made me grow up as well. It was like, I'm not going to have that money growing up forever. And um, we went through some hard times that year, like financially and stuff, but had good people around me. I have to, again, Jim Bentley helped me massively with with that as well. Um, That was there was only one place I wanted to go after leaving Chesterfield and it was Morecambe. I didn't, I didn't want to go anywhere else because I'd, I'd enjoyed it that much. I'm not saying I had loads of options, but I don't think I explored any other options. I just, mm. after the few months I had there, I gave, I promised Jim that I was going to sign there then after that. So, it was just basically going there and, and listen, I fully enjoyed my two years I had there as well. Yeah, I mean, Morecambe had its ups and downs, you know. Um, it was always going to when when you when you got a squad with no budget, it's always going to be about building the chemistry, the cohesion, and the tactics on the pitch. You're not going to be able to sign in like a big marquee kind of person. Um, one of the lowest downs, though, unfortunately, came towards the end of your time at Morecambe. Uh, I'm sure you'll remember this. You lost seven nil to Cambridge, Cambridge uh, towards the end. To the end, towards the end. Um, now. What's it like? Because surely it burns itself in the memory when that, that must be the biggest, like heaviest defeat of your career. Um, it's right towards the end of the season. You're staying up, you're in mid-table, you can't go up, you can't go down. Is how much of a big factor is that to like get people motivated? And like, do, do you must get frustrated yourself to see people just kind of down tools a bit early? Do you think that's what um, it was? Or were Cambridge that good? I never want to say someone down tilt. It was just one of them games that every time they went forward, they were scoring. Aye. Honestly, it was, you couldn't believe it. I think it was 5 0 at half time. It was, you couldn't honestly believe what you were saying. It was a bit like the Mansfield game for Carlisle. Aye. This, the season just gone where I don't, was that 4 0 at half time? Yeah. You, you don't know what, you, you're watching it and you don't know what. What the hell is going on? Um, it was I'll, I'll never forget that game. It was five nil a half time. Jimbo came in and he, I don't even think he went nuts because there's nothing he could have said. Basically, I don't think there was anything. He just sort of turned around and said, "You just need to get a grip, or else this is going to be, it's going to be." I think I know I finished seven, but it could have been it could have been a lot worse like than that. But I don't. I, I think we had a really, really young team out that night or that day. Mm. I think we could have had, I think the average age of the team was about 19 and 20, nice. which that's not, it's not an excuse, don't get me wrong, because no team should ever lose 7 0. But yeah, it's, it's one of them that you always look back on and, and think, what happened there? You just, it's just one of them days that you want to forget, but you'll never forget, basically. Yeah. Well, from from the lowest lows to the highest highs in terms of uh, any Carlisle United fans' opinion anyway, at the end of that season, you left Morecambe and you signed with us at Carlisle United for the first time in your footballing career. Um, Before we dive into Carlisle United... What was the exit like from Morecambe? Um, but did you did you want to go? Was did you turn down a contract? Did you want to go? Did you want to go and see something else? Play at a different level? Uh, was the money better at Carlisle? Which would be a rarity. Um, but <laughs> maybe it was. I don't know. Um, but what made what basically made you sign for Carlisle United? Did you have an existing relationship with Keith Curl? Um, no. So basically, I honestly I loved Morecambe. Loved the time that I loved Jim and Ken was the manager and the assistant. I got on to this day. I still speak to them now. Um, they were, they made me fall back in love with football. Basically, um, I had a in the January, I had an offer to go to Peterborough. They made an offer to to Morecambe. I think it was eighty or ninety grand at the time, and I had a buyout clause of one hundred and fifty. And Jimbo was like, "Listen, I won't stand in your way." Whatever. And the club rejected that and said they wanted my buyout clause, which 
I had six months left in the contract. The club weren't going, Peterborough weren't going to pay that at the time. Yeah. Um. So, basically, I was a bit disappointed that I didn't leave because Peterborough in League One at the time. So, it was a good opportunity and stuff like that. And the way Peterborough were at that time, they were they were doing really well and players were going there and doing really well and moving on again. So, don't still love me time at Morecambe after that, Jim. When Jimbo and Ken's the manager, you can't be disappointed because I reckon Jimbo's probably the best man manager I've ever had. The way he treats mm. his players and he knows when a player is feeling down or whatever like that. So to leave Morecambe, it was probably one of the hardest decisions as well, having to tell him that I was going to move on. So I still the respect I have for Jim is second to none. I think he knows that now because I still speak to him. Um, but it was the toughest phone call was giving Jim a ring and just telling him I was going to move on but I think he half knew because when we played Carlisle towards the end of the season I, um, I've i never ever it's never happened before but when I got taken off in the 80 I think it was the 85th minute or something against Carlisle at Broughton Park I got a standing ovation off the home fans oh wow which still lives with me to now I'll never ever forget it Um, and I think after that I just always had Carlisle in my head and I met I met Keith in the summer and basically, once I met Keith, that was I knew where I was gonna go, and I gave Jimbo a ring and just told him what what I was gonna do. He was a little bit disappointed, but but understood. So that was how that came about. Yeah, I mean, now we finally get to talk a little bit more about Carlisle United. Um, right, right towards the end of this hour, but we're gonna get a little bit of Carlisle United covered at least. Um, yeah, but the um. You signed a two-year contract, which at that time at Carlisle United was a little bit of a rarity, uh, to be honest. You know, a, a lot of players would only get offered one-year deals and stuff. So, obviously, Keith Curl and the boardroom fought a lot of you to keep you around. But you weren't the only person to come from Morecambe that summer. Uh, Sean Miller also joined you. Uh, how, 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 much, how important is it that you have... A comrade, pretty much the same. You know, the same day you walk into training, you've already got somebody that potentially has you back. Or did you want a clean slate? Did you, you know? Did it cloud you a little bit? Um, no, not really. I think the season at Morecambe, me and Sean played together, and we we had this relationship where I think I had seventeen and eighteen assists that year, and I think probably. 12, 13 them were for Sean. I think Sean got 16, 17 goals. And we just had a bond where we knew where each other was on the pitch. And I think Keith seeing that as well and, and wanted the two of us at, at Carlisle together. Um, I moved my family up to Carlisle and Sean moved his. And, and we got on really well and families got on really well. So it was really good for that, basically, to settle and stuff where my wife had Sean's wife and and the kids were the same age as well, so it was, it was good for both of us, really. Nice. I mean, like, what are, what are your memories of then going into that first day of training, uh, new squad? Uh, you've got your mate Sean at least, but um, like, who who do you remember sort of like coming up to you and introducing themselves and and sort of like making the effort basically? See, at that time, it was a lot of the lads were nil. We had, I think, that season we signed. Nicky Adams, Mike Jones, Luke Joyce was already there. There was who else came? Then we we he ended up signing quite a lot anyway that that year, and there was a lot from Manchester that was travelling up as well. So that group was really really tight as well. Um, I remember the first day we done our initiation at Croydon because we used to be based at Croydon. Yeah. Um, we sat around the big circle and had to go around everybody and introduce themselves and stuff like that but Keith built a really really good squad then as well and and we were really close to that team as well and I think that was a proper disappointment to Carlisle fans as well that we didn't get promoted that year yeah it, I mean like you know you you showed a lot of frustration in your first season because you had the worst disciplinary record in the squad uh, in oh, your I first don't. season at Carlisle United you got two two red cards during that year Um, I mean do you have any memories of those uh, yeah. those red yeah. cards? Have they kind of stuck with you? Um, a million percent. I think that season was... I couldn't... I don't know. I just didn't get going, basically. I'm, I, I've said it in an interview with John Coleman before. I'm lucky I signed a two-year deal because I don't think I would have got another deal after the first year because mm. I don't think I did really well. 
Um, but I'll never forget the first game of the season was Portsmouth away, and I got sent off after twenty five minutes. That was the <laughs> longest, the longest when I sat in that dressing room was horrible. It was about thirty two. The lads still remind me to this day. It was thirty two degrees down at Portsmouth away, and we were winning one nil, and I got two stupid yellow cards. Um, and got sent off. But I always say that's what. That's what made us go on that unbeaten run for 19 games. Because the, <laughs> the squad had to stick together for that first game. But, and then I came back and I got another red straight after that, I think. So <laughs> it was honestly, it was so stop start. It was so annoying that first season. Yeah, I mean, something else that also happened in that first season is that top goal scorer Charlie Wyke uh, made the deadline day move in the January to yeah. Bradford City. Now, how much does that disturb a dressing room when your top goal scorer leaves you on deadline day in the middle of the season? It was horrible. To be fair, we knew coming into January, I think everybody knew. I think Charlie had a buyout clause in his contract and if a team hits his buyout clause, there was nothing Carlisle could do. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think Bradford hit it quite early and I think Carlisle delayed it as much as possible, basically, just so we could get as many games out, Charlie, as we could until he left us. But it was I think that's what, probably the main reason we didn't get promoted that season was losing them goals. Because anybody losing... Charlie had 16 goals come January, so taking that out of your team is going to hurt anyone, really. So, like, because you all knew it was coming, then, because my, my last question for you, yeah, for, for part two, anyway, because I'm, I'm very aware we've reached the hour mark. Um, yeah, no problem. I'm quite happy as well. I think we've done another cracking episode that people are going to really enjoy. Um, but uh, what I want to ask you, sort of, as just, just the final question, the part of this is, when a player moves on deadline day on January, it, is it like a passion ship in the night? Is he just gone? Or because you knew it was coming, did you all kind of get to say your goodbyes kind of thing? Yeah, it was it was more because I think we knew. We probably knew for a week or two that he was going to be leaving anyway. Was it an elephant um, in the room? or No, not really, because Charlie's no. one of them characters that was bubbly and he was just full of... He was one of the loudest in the dressing room, so it wasn't anything like that. It was... Everybody knew the situation. None of us wanted him to go, but he couldn't turn it down, basically. Um. So, yeah, it was just that, and it was just about us trying to finish the season with promotion and unfortunately we didn't it was a difficult one mate. it was a difficult it one was, but, it was tough. but we'll, what we'll dive into on part three is when you took over the reins as top league goal scorer <laughs> the season afterwards because that was a hell of a season for you mate um so we'll, we'll pick we'll pick up there you know things are just going up and up and up now after part one we're just going to keep going in an upwards trajectory obviously there's the black pill apart, apart from the black pill yeah uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave, there is we'll, the We'll talk about that fast and just get that over with. Yeah? Exactly. I didn't want to. I didn't want to leave it on a Blackpool. <laughs> I didn't want to get to Blackpool and leave it there. No, I think nah, we can we can it's... mull over Blackpool in part three and then end up right back at Carlisle United, where we all want to be at by the end of part three. Um, yeah, Jamie, definitely. I mean, thanks so much for joining me once again here on the Blue Army podcast. You no know, problem at all. It it means it means a lot to me. It means a lot to the listeners, and um, I just want the people to know as well is that like I. I didn't really want to crowd you your time or anything like that. So when I was trying to think of a part two, I was going to leave it as open-ended as Christmas. So I wasn't overcrowding your schedule. And so, so the listeners know, it, it was Jamie that prompted us to, to get part two done. So we have some cohesion with the story. So it's easily linked and people don't have to wait. So you've got you've got Jamie to thank for not having to wait for part twos. Um, we'll see how long we have to wait for part three. Uh, obviously, you still you still may be in recovery. So I'm sure you can get part three out the way some point uh, we in, can get in the near future. whenever you want mate whenever you want I still haven't but, obviously I'm in with Carlisle a couple of times a week and I've got some other stuff going on with Carlisle that I'm doing as well so it's um I'm free most mornings so I don't mind doing it well, well I've got the little man off my school holidays at the minute so we're doing Lego we're doing TikTok <laughs> videos of football and nice. we're out running we're out running together and stuff like that so it, it's 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 really nice because we're like best mates, so it's really good. But listen, don't mind doing this for a couple of hours in the morning. It's enjoyable talking about all the good times, really. 
Beautiful, man. But, but I, either way, I really do appreciate it, mate. And all the listeners really appreciate your time as well. Um, I mean, we're going to leave things there. Uh, obviously, I'll say thank you one more time to you, Jamie. Thank you to the no, listeners for downloading you. and subscribing. And uh, there isn't really anything left for us to do apart from saying bye for now. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>